Hi, everybody. I want to welcome everybody to... We do not have any startup music today, so I want to welcome everybody to Blog Talk and Vibe Time with Jerry and my special guest, Katrina Gagnon, who's a paranormal investigator, and she is on StreamYard with us. So I want to welcome all the callers and all the viewers that are out there. Um, Tonight we have a special show because we have Katrina on... Vibe Time with Jerry, but then at 9 o'clock, The Freaks with Ryan Jones has Dennis Eslock on. So that's going to be a really cool show. Um, so just bear with us a second because I have to make sure, as usual, that everything is public. And, of course, it's not. Somehow it ended up on only me, only I can see it. Really? <laughs> I think it's public. Your eyes only. Yeah, I know, right? I don't even know how it got on that. Dave, the jurors, are his jurors on public? Because you have to make sure. Uh, if I were you. Just go to your wall or go to wherever you normally post it at and make sure. Hi, everybody. We have Katrina finally on the show. Hello, (laughs) Sheila. Hi, everybody. How are you doing? Don't say I might wait a couple seconds for people to start coming on, but David still has to fix his stuff. Okay, I found it. You found it? Got it? Just another Tuesday at y'all's house with me and Dave, yeah. I promise, promise it'll be PG rated. Somebody's going to do something. I can just see this already. Maybe Dennis will just, like, not get on here at all, and then that way he'll just go focus on Ryan's show. <laughs> she was like, no. Uh, David, be careful with your chair tonight. I told him to put WD-40 on it, but he didn't listen to me. He likes to, like, irk me with the squeaky noise. I live for that. You got it? Got it. PG my ass, yeah. I try. I try. I really try to keep it PG. Now, we have been waiting for Katrina to come on our show. Katrina is from Barrington, New Hampshire, and she's been in the paranormal field for quite a while. Um, 2012? Yep. Yep. I started actively investigating. Okay, so... You've got here, when you're talking about property research and stuff like that, well, what, tell everybody how you got started because you was on the show. I've got new viewers, so I've blocked quite a few other viewers off my show, but 
tell me how you got started. <laughs> um, I actually had a high school friend. Um, well, yeah, a high school friend that was had started his own team, and I ran into him, and he was already doing it, and asked. Um, at the time, I was in a pretty bad place. I was. I had. Um, been on, I had just been on disability. Um, I had, my illnesses had gone chronic. I had lost my job. I had been in depression. Um, and I ran into him, and he had said he was doing this, and this was something that I could actually do. I, it was in the dark. It was in quiet places. So, my, you know, my migraines, it wouldn't interfere with migraines and stuff, and it was something that was, it didn't have a, schedule, I wouldn't have to do it all the time, so it was something that I could get involved with that wouldn't interfere with my illnesses, so it was something I could actually do, uh, and it was something that I was always interested in anyway, so this was really exciting for me, so I had gotten involved in it, and I really had a knack for the for the research part of it, because the history, I mean, when I was a kid, I used to get, you know, when you would go into the woods. I used to find these decrepit houses, and, you know, I was astonished by how much stuff that these people would just leave behind, and I would wonder why they would leave all this stuff behind, and I was just as intrigued by these people's stories as I was about, you know, what might be haunting the places or what might be going on with the places then, but I was just as intrigued by the people that were living this would just flee these places and leave all their stuff and what their story was. So when I was researching these places, I was just as intrigued by the history of the people that lived there right. as I was by, you know, the rest of it, by the hauntings and by, mm-hmm. the, you know, not just by the famous histories and, you know, the battles and stuff, but by just the people themselves. And I felt a real connection with just, the locations by the people that were, you know, by finding a connection with the people that, that actually lived there. Right. That's so, really cool. You know, that was my niche. I really enjoyed that part of it. Um, so I really, really, really got into that part as well as, you know, I found my connection with with the actual locations by finding the connections with the people in the history. So mm-hmm. it was kind of cool. Yeah, that is cool. I, it's funny because I, um, when we were growing up, we used to do the same thing. We would go to, like, old abandoned trailers or houses, um, and I would think the same thing. Why would people leave things behind? Never, never really thought of the haunted part of it or the paranormal part of it, but always wondered why. I remember um, going into one place, and this, there was, like, people's medication there, and there was a mood ring sitting there. But I knew not to touch it because, you know, it was something that somebody left behind. And now when I drive back to those places, a couple of them are actually still standing. So yeah. it's really cool, and I've always wondered why people just let houses like that or beautiful places like that just go. Because, I mean, these houses had, like, beautiful, um, you know, how the lighthouse, I don't know, I'm sure it has a name to it where it's just rounded, you know, like some of the Victorian homes where some of it's rounded in the real pretty windows, you know what I'm talking about? You got the... Right. And then it's like, 
rounded out like that. I don't know the architectural proper name of it, but there was a house like that, and it was just so pretty, and they never never did anything with it. So you find that some of these, these rich families, they just they ran out of money. Yeah. Their yeah. businesses go under, and they just ran out of money. Yeah. yeah. Or some or, of the you know, people don't want to take care of it, I guess, or maybe they just don't. It wasn't something that was of interest to them. But I've never understood that. So... What what um what brought you to like Virginia? Because you're still doing your paranormal investigations and hi. Well, people brought me to Virginia. Um, yeah, wrong people brought me to Virginia. But I'm glad I'm here. I've met good people while I was here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, where was I'm the thankful last... for that. I know you're still investigating. Where was the last place you've investigated at? Um, this past Saturday, we went to the exchange for National Ghost Hunters Day. That was pretty cool. I've been Stevens really wanting to get there. Is that where John, Steve... was John Stevens there, too? No. Really? Tom Stevens, we don't even know where you investigated at. He's, he just jumped on. I was just curious. Didn't he say something about he was going somewhere with his sister? Yeah, he did, but where'd he go? Inquiring minds want to know. Yeah, inquiring minds want to know. Spill it. <laughs> with GI Paranormal. So what did you think about the exchange? Hi, Steve White. How are you? Um, the exchange was was really great. It was um, a pretty amazing place. It's got some great history. Uh, I really want to delve more into the history because there's a lot of unknown history on the exchange, which surprised me. Um, so I want to ferret some of that history. Um, like, you know, did anybody die in the original fire? Uh, obviously, it seems to me that that was probably an insurance scam so that he could build the hotel uh, and make more money. At least that's what it seems to me. <laughs> but did anybody die? I mean, if it was an insurance scam, hopefully not. But, yeah, yeah. you know, stuff like that, I, I would like to know. Um, and some of the deaths, you know, the reported deaths, that stuff should be in the newspaper. There should be a newspaper somewhere. Right. With something. And, and, and I, I'm really good at ferreting that kind of stuff out, so I would really love to delve deeper in and see if I can find any of that stuff. Oh, that would be cool. I'm sure you'll, I'm sure you'll come across stuff. Steve White said, good evening. I know, Kat, we have chatted several times. Absolutely good to see you again. It's been a few days. <laughs> Ronnie said that John Stevens was entitled to his secrets, but no, he's not. Sorry, he is not. John Stevens wished that he could have been there. <laughs> yep, should be should be some articles that you could find. Yep. Right. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. The Exchange Hotel is their secret. Whatever, John Stevens. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to, is it Don, 
help me pronounce, let's see. Tonique. Thank you. Can you do it right? Hi, Lucy, because I'll mess that up. Girl, you're going to have to come up with a shorter name so I won't mess that up. Can I just call you, um, can I just call you Southern Peach? <laughs> Nisho, right? That Nisha. works for me. That is, oh, Nisha, I don't have my glasses on. Jesus, thank you. I'll call you Nisha. She wants to um come out to the manor house. Did you see all those comments today? Okay. Yeah, yeah, she, she messaged me. Okay, good. Sorry, I botched that name up too. <laughs> when are you coming back out to the cabin or are you? Ever. Oh, I would love to come back up to the cabin. I just, um, I have to make sure that there's, I, I'm going to be coming back up to the cabin. I'll make sure for you. Okay. Yeah. They have um, their event coming up. Well, they had their past event, and then they have, um, I want to say, is it October 15th? That's that's not that's a private event. And then Pamplin. Lucy, hey, that's why I'm Lucy instead of Lucru I cannot see. What did she say? I don't have my glasses on. I know John Stevens. You still didn't tell me where you were this weekend, punk. <laughs> she ain't letting up on that. Yeah, I'm not letting up on that. I'm not gonna forget it. But I was out there. With, we were out there with Booze Paranormal, and they were they're they're hilarious people. They were they're really good people. They're yeah. yeah. Well, that's good though, because you're not currently, according to the bio, you're not currently on any teams right now. No, no. I'm just kind of out there, just uh, checking out checking out sites. Yeah. Now, how far is? Tell me a little bit about where Beaver Dam is, because I'm trying to figure out how far you are from me. It's not very far from Ashland. It's um, do you know where Mount Pillar is? Mm-mm. It's right. It's it's basically Mount Pillar. Okay. I'll have to check it out because I haven't been. I don't think I if I've been to those areas, I may have like passed it. Uh-oh. But not like been there, been there. Gosh. So I'll have to. I'll Google it later. Pamplin, are you going to be able to make it to that one? Um, I. I'm going to again, that one. Again, I have to. I'm. I'm worried about Pamplin. Oh. I'll check Pamplin for you. It's a little active place. Yeah, Beaver Dam is about an hour and a half from me. Oh, John Stevens said he went to Matthews, Urbana, Weems, and Whitestone this weekend. I'm I'm surprised that you didn't go on any ghost hunts, John Stevens. Just saying. I think you should have made up those names just so we can't wouldn't find them. Yeah, that's true too. I don't think he's telling the truth. Let me write Donna and ask her. So with your paranormal investigations, what's the most active place that you've ever been to? And people always ask me that, and it's so hard to gauge that because, I mean, 
I mean, you gauge it on, I mean, the most power that you've ever seen or the best activity that you've caught as, I mean, because, all right, so the most power I've ever seen was probably at uh, Margaritas in Concord, New Hampshire. And the reason I say that is because we were able to take every piece of the equipment that we had. I mean, every piece of REM pods, um, K2 meters, I mean, cameras, I mean, everything we had. And we were able to put it on the table. And we were able to say, can you turn on and light up every piece of equipment that we have? And they were able to do it. Oh, wow. I mean, every piece of equipment we had was going off. And I don't mean just a little bit. I mean to red. Like the REM pods, the K2s, everything was going off. And then we asked them to stop it. And it all stopped. Oh, wow. On asking. Now, I have never, ever in my life seen that ever happen mm -hmm. before or since. But yeah. that is one am amazing amount of power to be able to do that. Right. Right. You're and right. they didn't do much for the rest of the night, but to be able to that amount of power at just at once, on demand, mm -hmm. is incredible. Were you, able to, were you able to get anything on video or on audio? Oh, yeah. We were able to get it all on video. We were, we were videoing the whole thing. That's so cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we had something like that happen at the manor house. When was I, I want to say it was last month. I got it on the body cam where this guy had. I mean, it was just a couple pieces of equipment. But the bottom line is that they were able to turn on, turn off things, and turn on things by command. And it's it's exactly. really cool. And I and he was excited. The guy that was touring it was very excited about it because we he he put it on the staircase. He had a flashlight and he had a K two meter and he would ask his little questions and the K two meter would come on before the flashlight would come on. And then when he'd ask it to cut off, the K two meter would come on, but then he would cut the flashlight off. And I happened not have my body cam, I just happened to go up there and was watching it and got that. And I'm just like I've just never seen so such excitement in somebody's face because, you know, they're just there taking the historical tour, of course, and then they're ghost hunting, and then that happens, and it's like, wow, you know. So it's right. really cool when that happens with your equipment, you know. So I've seen it. I've seen that a few times in a couple places that I've been to where they, well, you know, the one, the REM pod that, I guess because so many people have so many different REM pods, but it's kind of like the one that you have, David, where it has the, what's the name of yours, where it has the certain colors on the top? The REM pod? No, the, it REM has pod. a name for it. It's the brand name is what I'm talking about. But you know what I'm talking about, the red one with yeah. the different colors on the top that they sell on Amazon for like $179 or something like that. Yeah and they have the different colors on the top because not all REM pods are the same. But I've seen it where Spirit has been able to just manipulate that one color or you ask them to cut that one color on and they'll cut that one color on and keep it on. We got that on video evidence too. I know it's the REM pod, but there's so many different versions of a REM pod. I mean, I've got the Raft Tatures um, Cube REM pod. It's not the same as the one that you have is what I'm trying to say trying to describe what they did. 
Do you use the spirit box a lot? Yeah, we use it quite a bit. <laughs> I use it, but I don't like it. Yeah, yeah I don't use it that often. Yeah, we use it quite a bit um, on the tours, but it gives you a headache after a while, and it can be very annoying. Which is why I don't use it very often, because I, I suffer from chronic migraines, so anything that makes a lot of noise, I tend to stay away from. Yeah. Yeah. Your Ryan's asking if you're talking about the new Paralyte. It's not the new Paralyte. It was, I was trying to... It's it's the REM pod just like yours is that you use on the tours. That yeah. type of model. It's, it's, I don't know if they have different names for the different types of REM pods. I think they're all just called REM pod. Yeah, I, I just think it's called a REM pod too. Well, I know it's I know it's a REM pod, but not all REM pods light up the same. Is what I'm trying to say. Because they don't. Well, most of the, the, the regular REM pod has four LEDs on the top of it. A standard REM pod has four LEDs right. on the top of it. Right, but like the one that I, that I gave you to take a look at, it has the standard lights on it, but it's still not going to light up the same colors in the same way. No, that they say there's four different LEDs, and it's mm -hmm. still, they have, so it's four different um, levels. Right. It's like a KQ meter. Right. You can light up one at a time. Right. You know what? John Stevens, I know. <laughs> it's a REM pod. Yeah. Lucy's asking, what piece of equipment would y'all consider the most used and most accurate? Um, the recorder. Yeah. Is the most used. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Most used and most accurate. Right. Yes, Shayla. Thank you. Finally, somebody knew that I was what I was talking about. I swear I wasn't having a blonde moment. Yeah, right. <laughs> I really was not. This one over here to whatever side he's on has jokes today. It's. I'm just going to have to energetically smack you upside your head <laughs> from afar. It's a. She said a recorder. The recorder is the most useful piece. We like our body cams because it gets the audio and video. Yeah. Body cam is just the best thing. Yeah, that pop up body cam. Yeah, that, that thing picks up all kinds of stuff. So, yeah. if I had to, if I had to choose with one piece of equipment, I think that would be it. Definitely. Yeah, because it just picks up so much stuff. The only drawback, the only drawback with it is that you can't, like, with your regular recorder, you can't do a playback really right then and there. I mean, you could, but you can't, like, fast forward or rewind or whatever on the body cams. That's the only difference. But you know, my recorder, I like to set my recorder in another room than where we are because everybody's got a recorder, and if we were several different investigators. Everybody's got a recorder with them, and you can use several recorders. So you can have a recorder with you. I like to put a recorder in a separate room mm -hmm. so that you're getting you're getting um, sounds and possible EVPs that uh, are from a, a room that nobody's in. Right. 
And so we, you don't have to hear them over under anybody. You don't have to hear them over under anybody or anything. Um, but you you'll be surprised on how many how many times that you get EVPs from different rooms and where you're investigating. Right. Right, and we've done that with, um, we'll set the body cams up in different spots. Like, I'll wear mine or David will wear his, but w since we both have the same body camera, we'll set one of them up in a spot where nobody's at. Right. You know, but one of us keeps it on just in case. You know. Exactly. Hey, hey between all of you guys, can somebody go investigate Lake Shawnee? Please, please, I'll never get that way. You Tim and I were just closer. talking about that. Guess you got to get there. Where's like Shawnee? In West Virginia. Uh, it's the amusement park. Okay, yeah. A little ways away from me. Yeah, that's, that is a little ways. That's a good um, quite a few hours, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I bought the Patrol Master Body Cam for Shayla. Yeah, those are, you know, like I said, body cams are the, I think, the way to go with stuff. But like I said, the only drawback is you can't take that button and, you know, do playback. You have to wait until you actually get home to download your stuff. Unless, you know, they have different ones that allow you to do that. Ours doesn't. So... But that's that's just me. I think it's really interesting that a lot of the best evidence that I've seen recently has been when you has been on security cameras. It hasn't even been with the with the cameras that you carry with you. I mean, it mm -hmm. seems like the less equipment that you have, the better evidence that's being caught. It's right. It's really weird. Yeah. It's like they're they're wanting the fact that you don't have equipment with you. Yeah. Yep. And I don't know if you if you've noticed that, but I thought it was hilarious. Like at the three sixty, um, you notice that, you know <laughs> with the did you see the one with with the creature with the head that came out of the side beam? Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Well you notice, you know, group after group went in there. And nothing, and nothing, and nothing. And then there's one group that has no equipment. And that's what the security camera caught. Mm -hmm. That thing. Right. Right. Was when the group with no equipment goes in there. Right. Right, you're that's absolutely that's right. And sometimes we'll put the equipment out and they don't even mess with it. But then when we get home and review the body cam footage or recorders, we have all kinds of stuff on there. Right, because it's, it, they don't realize that equipment's even going. Yeah, yeah. Some of them do, some of them don't. Um, we have found that the cat balls that we purchased off of Amazon, they really like those. I don't know why, but we, we do get a lot more hits off of that than anything that we use, really. It's almost like they want to drain the batteries to those. Facebook. Who's the Facebook user? I can't remember because mine comes up Facebook user. Yeah. Yeah, we had a lot of that at the exchange this past weekend. A lot of battery drains. A lot of times Facebook users, Ryan. Okay. 
It's like you don't want them to know that they're there trying to be sneaky. Yeah, that's true. I heard Dustin Perry said he believes that IR lights and things that light up are actually could be scaring the spirits or it's irritating. It could be. It, it could be that they're avoiding that stuff. I mean, I know that in Selma, I mean, it was hilarious because you watched time and time again after people tried to go down in the basement and do a live that they'd get so far down the stairs and the live would just shut off. Mm-hmm. Or they would be doing a live somewhere in the house and it would just get shut off. It was like they didn't want lives done there. It was, it was hilarious. Right, right. Yeah, but that that happens to us quite often at the manor house. Like I said, they yeah. they don't want to touch any of the equipment. But when we get home and review the body cam footage, it's a whole different whole different thing. Maybe so then you wonder if you should, if we should start going back to low you know low budget stuff stuff that maybe not interfering with them you know um, get your whiteboards with your magnets get your you know get your chalkboards with your chalk you yeah. know get your you know get stuff that you know isn't going to interfere with them that you know that they can manipulate and see if we get more responses with stuff like that right right go back to old school and see if you know. See if maybe what we're we're doing is harming more than we are doing good. Right, because like you said, most of them don't even know what the equipment. A good portion of them don't know what the equipment is. They don't know what it is. Well, if it is all frequencies, maybe what we're doing is interfering with their frequencies. Yeah, could be too. You're right. Yeah. Something to think about. Sometimes it's good to go low-key. We had some battery drainage in the basement and very interesting Estes method. So, but yeah, go back to the basics, basic recorder, just your basic stuff. Because a lot of these, (laughs) there's so much high-tech stuff coming up right now, I can't even keep track of it all. I know. I, we had so much stuff out the other time. We were at, uh, I think we were at the Clifton, and we had so much. Look, at, we had so much equipment out, and I looked at Karen and I said, "Oh my God, it looks like we're trying to shoot Mission Impossible." <laughs> like all the grids and all the stuff. It was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It can be a lot. It can be and a lot. And the majority of the time, does the same thing, just a little different color whistle here and there. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So what would you consider back to the basics? Because there are some people on here that are um, very new to the paranormal field or that are very interested in the paranormal field, and I have a couple callers too. So what what what, what would you all well, recommend? Well, maybe stuff that doesn't put out frequencies. Maybe if we're interfering with their frequencies, maybe we need to make sure we're, putting, we're doing stuff that doesn't put out frequencies. David, your take on it. I think um, do what we what what we mostly do. Just stick with the video and the audio. All the other gadgets. Yes, I've read David Flowers' book. <laughs> I've read it until I I I have read it, Shayla. But some of the stuff, all right. Some of the stuff is not. Right, what do you want? Look, that was the REM pod that I was talking about. Yeah, it's called the REM pod. No shit, <laughs> Sherlock. But as you know, 
God. There is more than one type is what I was trying to say. There is. There, is, there are cheaper versions of the REM pods. So I, I understand what you're saying. John but Cena. I think what you were referring to is, though, is just the standard REM pod. Yes, yes. Thank you. The standard, excuse me, not a different one like the cute little cube one I have that lights up when you cut it on. Right. You can't, you can't miss those. You can't turn one light on at a time. Hold on. Let's see. Oh, I've got somebody that wants to watch my show that can't. <laughs> oh, no. Sure you can. Sorry, I got to get on. I'm getting on here to tell them to ground themselves before they come on my show, so they don't blip out my internet. Oh, it's her. Yeah, one of my friends that comes on here, she'll blip out my whole internet. So I'm like, just ground yourself before you come on my show. It's no problem. <laughs> Yeah, but the REM pod is the actual REM pod. Yep, I know. I know. I was just trying to explain the what we had going on at the basement, the cabin on 360. And your book, I mean, yeah, it's it's your basic beginner ghost hunt, but there's still, I mean, when you when you look at it, there's still some stuff in here that because to me your basic your basic stuff is like your recorder, flashlight. Yeah. That's that's basic to me. If you're right. going back to basics, what else is your yeah. basics? Not my friend Rose, no. Um, gaussian rods would be considered basic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh pendulum would be considered basic. Mm -hmm. Tom Stevens is, is cute, isn't he? Katrina gets a signed book from David for being on the show. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, I think we the majority of the stuff that we get is just we're not using any of the the gadgets. We've got a camera, we've got a voice recorder, and that's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just like that, that night at the Manor House when uh, I had my body camera set up downstairs and everybody was upstairs in the trash can got kicked. Yeah. No, no electronics there, just the camera. Yeah. No explanation for that. Yeah. Yeah. Very unexpected. Here's the thing. If they want to manipulate something, they're going to manipulate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's as easy as that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they don't want to do it, they're not going to do it. Yeah. That's right. If they choose to, they're going to. If they don't want to, they won't. Right. I but mean, they've been doing it to TVs, to radios, to whatever they've chose to do for many years. Right, that's true. You got a Facebook user. I mostly use my phone because I can't afford anything else. Mm -hmm. That's the phone's fine. You got exactly. your recorder on there. You got your camera on there. 
download the recording onto your computer and you can listen to it and put it through the software, see if you can catch something. Yep. That's true. Because, I mean, just like that night sitting there um, with the deep, with the heavy breath out of nowhere. Yeah. And that was a disembodied voice there. That was un- very unexpected. Yeah. Because we're sitting here talking about my hearing and not even doing any, asking any questions or nothing, and it just happened. Yeah. Yeah, out of nowhere. So, and there was, it was John breathing heavy. He's so funny. Oh my God! It wasn't you. That save that for the pearl. If it was you, I'm gonna go take a shower because that's just nasty. <laughs> I mean, those things like going digital and stuff. I mean, recorders. You're, you're gonna get. You're gonna get stuff that you don't hear. You can have the quietest night on an investigation and find that you caught some amazing stuff that you just did not know was going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Absolutely I think it's right. realized that there's so much going on that you just don't even know about. Well, that was like um, one night being at the manor house and setting up the body cameras, not really running any equipment. I just kind of cut the cap balls on and was prepping for stuff for the tour. And I I heard the footsteps with my own ears, and all I had on was my body cam. And we have that on recording. And it was, and it's, 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 Intriguing but creepy at the same time to know that. <laughs> yeah, Shayla, I use a Taz cam and a Bob Love body cam yeah. for my recorder. Yeah. I use an Olympus. I have the Taz cam and I have a the body camera, which hands down, that's my favorite. Um, I just use a Zoom. You just use what? A Zoom. Yeah. Recorder, because it has the multi-directional. Yeah, I like I like my Olympus um, because I can easily, you know, do playback and I keep that with me a good portion of the time. We use video camera dousing rods. We use the SB7 for SDs. My phone for live streaming, so our followers can see what we're doing. Our REM pod, Cat Balls, Olympus, and Panasonic recorder, yep. Yeah, I'll have to say hands down, I, I, you know, catching stuff but not hearing it at the present time and finding all the stuff that was going on while you thought it was quiet. Yeah, that's what, yeah. That's what gets so shocking about everything. When you're dealing, you know, like when you're, again, at the manor house, it's... um. Just know, I mean, I heard, like I said, I heard the footsteps with my own ears, you know, but once I realized that he didn't come up the steps, I'm like, oh, my gosh, and they were heavy footsteps. I mean, just heavy footsteps. And I do, I love my GS2 grid, too. Yeah, that's one of my new favorite pieces of equipment. That one's really neat. But like you said... You know, if everything's frequencies, then it could be interfering with their frequencies. We'll have to test that theory. 
Let's test that theory and see what see what happens with it. Never know. Yeah. We just we don't really know anything. I think it's it's part of the problem. We don't really know. We're just kind of feeling in the block, feeling in the dark, blindly trying to grab something that we don't understand. Right. Right. It's almost like every time we think we have them figured out, they change stuff up on us. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you on that. So um, what do you think about different dimensions? What's your take on that? I think we have, see, here's the thing. I think that we're trying to put, I think we're trying to put, anomalies in one box and I think we're we're going into all of these locations and we've got so many different things going on. I think we've got so many different boxes to check and we're just trying to check one. I think that there's interdimensional, I think there's spiritual, I think mm-hmm. there's I think there's all kinds of things going on around mm-hmm. us that we don't understand. Right. All at once. <laughs> And, and that we can be bumping into any one of them at any given time. Right. Uh, and face with it. And, we, and we're just trying to see it as one thing because that's the one thing that we're going to look at. And we're, that's the one thing we see and we are trying to understand at the time. And we're all looking at it the same way. And we could be looking at something completely different. Right. So we're looking at it. We're going in thinking, okay, this is a ghost. This is a spirit of somebody. And we're walking into an interdimensional situation that we don't understand. Mm-hmm. Or a time shift situation we don't understand. Or, you know, we just, I think there's just so many different situations going on around us that we don't understand. And we're putting them all in one box. Right. So do you believe that you can have multiple spirits in the same room and they don't know that they're each other's there? Yes. Because I think time and space all exist at the same time. That makes sense. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it has to do um, sometimes with the people, too. Yeah. Doing the investigation. Absolutely. If they don't like you, they don't like you. <laughs> well, I think different people have different frequencies. I yeah. think you walk in with your own frequencies, and I think their frequencies are going to interact with your frequencies differently. Mm-hmm. Well, I have found that when there's low frequencies, Low, low vibing. We have figured but that it, out. It's also going to depend on your state of mind. Yeah. What frequency are you running at that day? Right. Yeah. There's a lot of factors that put into place that are put into place with that. But I've known I've known where there's there's different certain people that I have seen go on investigations and they won't do anything. 
But I also noticed that if a person is really particularly frightened, yeah, nothing will happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they'll even test the water, and if yeah. that person is uh, behaves a certain way, it'll stop. Um, um, we actually had a group. We were doing an investigation, and it and. The, the place was active. When we were setting up, the place was active. When the group came in, the place just lit up. The, the lights went mm -hmm. out and music started. Yeah. Out of nowhere. The group yeah. freaked. Yeah. The music stopped. Nothing else happened the rest of the night. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, their fear shut it down. And I believe that fear can shut it down. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. I agree. So if you have that. somebody with you when you're when you're investigating that is not prepared to be open minded and something happens and it scares them and and some and stuff just shuts down, it might be that they're just too afraid of anything else happening. Yeah. That's true, too. Just like people's spirits talk to who they feel comfortable with at St. Albie's electric shock room, the room was full of women, and I captured my name is Sarah, and nobody in the room was named, nobody in the room was named Sarah. Yeah. So you're right on that, too. That I just went through. Okay, I did. I had to block, block a couple of users there. Don't want them on my show, near my show, on my feed, on my Facebook, on nothing. <laughs> what's your next? What's your next investigation? Or where? Where would you? If you could investigate anywhere, where where, where would it be? Gosh, if I could investigate anywhere. Yeah. No time, no no money restrictions. <laughs> oh man, that's hard. <laughs> well, if you have more than one place, there's like so many places though. You know what, they don't really, I find that, um, I'd like to find a place that nobody's found yet. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to find a place that nobody's found yet. Because, you know what, that's when you're going to find the most, right there. <laughs> yeah. And you know what, there are so many untouched places. Yeah. There's so many of them, you know. Yeah, I'd rather find some place that not a thousand people have been to, not yeah. you know that 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 hasn't been trampled through, that hasn't had a bunch of people already leave, you know, what they've left behind. Right. Um, yeah, I'd rather find a place that that hasn't been touched yet. Yeah. We've got a couple places that we investigate that have not been, they haven't been touched. I 
had the opportunity of that of, of investigating some places that haven't been touched. Yeah. yeah. They have been they've been a joy. They really have. Mm-hmm. They've mm. been they've been a ni- they've been a nice surprise. Yeah. I'll put it that way yeah. because you get a lot of stuff and it's it's amazing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Any one um, private house that was like that, just not touched with a with uh-huh. a bunch of investigators, a bunch of, and it was just a whole different experience. And and yeah. it was very active. That's what made uh-huh. that so cool. And I was like, oh my gosh! Any time you went, it was just active. I don't care what time of day it was. It just was a, it's an active place and it's a beautiful place. Um, but it has, it's no, no paranormal investigators have been on it. And the property owners don't want paranormal investigators on it. You know what I mean? They don't want groups of people. They'll take certain people, but they don't want these big groups. And boy, you know, if some of the channels could get a hold of those places, they'd be like, oh my God. They ruin them. Yeah. And, and I'm sorry if it's just the way it goes because you're, you're, you're going through and you've got a zillion people asking the exact yeah. same questions a zillion times a day yeah. with the exact same equipment. It's, I, I'm sorry. If I resided there, I'd hate people. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I agree. John Stevens says that he'd like to go to England and investigate some of the old castles. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you can go anywhere, you may as well go where they, I mean, oldest buildings are, the oldest structures. Yeah. And they do it right. Can you imagine yeah. being able to go to Egypt or Greece? And being able to Egypt. Uh, in the pyramid, the horse border. that I've been to Germany and quite a few of their castles, but I didn't think to run any type of equipment or recorders in there, but they were really nice castles. <laughs> Beautiful John castles. Says, John says Katrina wasn't born in 87. I was born in... I was, <laughs> I was 10 years old in 87. Ouch. I was 20 years old in 87. <laughs> I'm talking about the age now. Put that water, drink that water bottle again. I can't energetically pop that. (laughs) Ronnie said he was 27. 
boy. Phew. Short catches up with you. Right. Darn Stevens, I was trying to. Forty two. Oh my goodness. Um I lost my train of thought of what I was gonna ask you next. <laughs> it just went I was gonna ask you something and then it went boop. What'd you say? My hair gets done next week. <laughs> Shayla quit one upping each well, other. Lots of, actually, I was watching um, uh, near death experiences and how um, they no longer believe that that is subconscious in the brain anymore. <laughs> which I find intriguing. Yeah. I'm happy that they no longer feel that way. That they've outgrown that thought. Yeah. Evidently, they um, they have a, a case where the brain, they actually had to put the brain, they had to make a lady brain dead because she had a, a brain aneurysm that was too lo- so large mm-hmm. that they couldn't operate. So they had to literally stop her heart um, to make the brain, to reduce the size of the aneurysm before they could remove it from her brain. Um, so they literally had to make her literally brain dead for an hour. Wow. Now, this lady that was brain dead, literally brain dead, her eyes were shut, shut, take, take close, um, and her brain was dead, described exactly what was going on in the operating room. During her surgery, Mm -hmm. while her brain was dead. Now, how is that possible if she wasn't outside her body? Right. Because she had earplugs in, and her eyes were taped closed, and her brain was dead. So she couldn't subconsciously have heard or saw anything. Yeah. And her brain was dead, so... How could she possibly have known everything and described what was going on in surgery, said exactly what her surgeon was said, I mean, word for word, and described everything that was going on in that room? Who was standing where? Everything. What show is that? Um, it's on Netflix. It's called I Survived Death or something like that. I want to see Surviving that. Death. I want to see that. I was brain dead one time during my first marriage. John Stevens. <sighs> I, I was too, John. We were trying to have a serious conversation here. <laughs> He's like, no, no, it has to be. <laughs> Just have to throw in first marriages. Good gracious. Oh, my gosh. He came on. There are several stories similar to this, said Dennis S. Locke. Yep. Ronnie was evidently brain dead, too. Fuck with you people all being brain dead, first marriages. But no, I want to see that show. So, yes, yeah, so they no longer believe that it is the brain that is um, tricking you into thinking you're walking through a tunnel and meeting Jesus because if this, these people are actually brain dead when they're seeing this stuff, then it can't be the brain. Right, right. Hi, Dennis. 
But then you were yeah. born just like Ronnie with the most beautiful woman. Oh. John Stevens, my uncle, was in a book about his afterlife experience. Afterlife is very interesting. I wasn't brain dead in my first marriage. My small brain was in control. It needs a helmet. <laughs> I was trying to keep it clean, PG, <laughs> and I was doing really well, real well, up until Katrina brought up her professional subject of the afterlife, <laughs> and then John Stevens has to roll up in my show and fuck it all up, and then right behind him happens to be Ronnie and then Dennis. Almost made it. I only had three minutes left, and you people have turned it into Pornhub. <laughs> Jeez. We have about two minutes left. Boy, how time flies. Right? Sounds so bad. I know it does. It never fails. I need like two hours. I really do. That's never going to happen because, you know, Ryan Ryan loves me, so he has to, you know, be on the next show. <laughs> <laughs> so, but we do um, always appreciate, um, we appreciate you coming on our show, too. Absolutely. Yeah, so we, we do appreciate that. And hopefully I'll be able to see you soon at at least one of these investigations. Right, absolutely. I definitely want to make it over to the manor house soon. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You're welcome out there anytime. Yep. You would like it out there. It's really cool. What fun we have, yeah, what fun we would have for two hours. Yep, and Dennis is going to be on Ryan's show, y'all, so he is going to be on the freaking Paranormal Awesome show. And if we, you, you got another conversation. Dennis has a whole new conversation to do on his next show. Oh, gosh. Yeah, because he is a special guest on Ryan's freaking Paranormal Awesome show tonight at 9 o'clock. So I know that y'all are going to jump off of here, and you're going to go straight on to Ryan's show so that we can listen to Dennis. And then... Gosh, it's already—it's already coming on the first week, right, of October. You know, I celebrate yeah. my birthday the entire month of October, people. So I'm just letting you—you know—that you know <laughs> once October rolls around, everybody has to be nice to me, and I have a couple presents that I would like. One of them being Vanessa Hogles. they would have burned me book autograph. Thank you. <laughs> I wasn't—I <laughs> was gonna—I was gonna say a new can opener, but I went ahead and I bought that yesterday, so that present is out. You know, I'm a real simple person to shop for. <laughs> but, Katrina, I do appreciate you coming on. We have, oh, yeah, and David has a book for you. Yeah, John Stevens, just put that right out there. Yeah, got a book for you. <laughs> but I am going to at least, i got to get off a of blog talk and end that episode. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to um, the blog talk portion of Vibe Time with Jerry. And now we're going to go with Ryan Jones.
There, this is Ryan, and I'm joined by Dennis Eslock. What is up, man? How are you? Oh, not much, brother. I'm doing just peachy. That is awesome. We have a uh, problem with the air conditioner here. Decided to to uh, stop working in our apartment. The compressor broke. Oh, joy. Yeah, happened uh, yesterday. I got up, I made myself some coffee, because usually I'll make myself coffee, because it's really, usually really cold in the apartment, so I'll make myself a cup of coffee, coffee, warm up, you know, and I'm just like, man, it's really freaking hot in here. So I look at, I look at the, look at the, the uh, AC, and it's like on like 72, usually on 68, so I'm like, well, man, I need to go change the filter, so I go buy a new filter, put that in, still, different here keeps climbing up, finally. Got to like 76. I'm gonna call the uh, maintenance people. So they came out and they were like, "Yeah, the compressor's busted." So we've got this makeshift AC unit in RJ's room going, and the fan going in the hallway. So that's the funness, the fun I'm living with right now. At least it's like fall and not like August or something like that, because then it would be completely miserable. Yeah, at least it's not the 95 degree days that we were having 100 degree days. Exactly. It's cooling off at night. Can survive this. Yeah. Open the windows at this point. Now it's 60 degrees outside. I mean, I know it sounds like first world problems, you know. But they used to like people were living in like huts with no AC at all. So I, I got to put things into perspective here, you know. But you know, got to something to complain yeah. about, I guess. Hey, Sheila. I'm a demon. Uh, the demon. The demon sex again. Dude, I got a couple of. On Saturday night, hmm. I, I was I was tickled. Yep. <laughs> you got to expand on that. What happened? Well, it started. Uh, I don't remember who I got first. I think I got Tyler uh, Darnell from Cobra. Mm-hmm. I think he was the first one I got. Maybe Shayla was the first one. Hi, Katrina. But uh, I got. I got Tyler a good one. Um, and then later on in the evening, um, Jamie, who is new to Covert, in the dark, I didn't pay very close attention to mm-hmm. I thought she was Shayla. So I came up and got her. I mean, I thought, I thought she was going to smack the shit out of me. I mean, they do look similar. Uh to each other, like, you know, if, if you know, it's in the dark, it's, it's hard to tell, especially with those two. I don't blame you for kind of mixing them up a little bit. Yeah, well, I, you know, I'm old. It kind of doesn't yeah, matter you know, who I get as long as I get them, and I get a good lap, and they get a good lap. As long as they lap. Of course, I got, yeah. I got Ronnie the best. I thought he was going to shit all over the cell block at OSR. That was a good one. I was tickled with that one. And, of course, you know, Shayla, his sweet, loving counterpart, giggled while I snuck up on him. <laughs> Shayla says, yeah, we're both floors as it happened. Yeah, well, that's the truth. I mean, true, true statement, Shayla. Yeah, true yeah, statement. for sure. Hi, or, Rhonda. 
Yeah, we had the world's lark. No, it wasn't. The National Ghost Hunting Day, Saturday, which I'm guessing every person who's watching this podcast already knows that. But we had the investigation at the cabin on 360. Um, and uh, we had Middletown Paranormal come out there, Fredericksburg, Covert Paranormal was out there as well. Had, uh, had a lot of cool people. People, Howie came out to investigate. So, yeah, it was fun. Had a good time. And uh, it was good seeing everybody and uh, hanging out. Well, we have a we have a big investigation coming up in November, on November 19th. And this has been in the works for a while. It has been out there since um, probably, was it last year, when you, had, you guys had the, the camp? Out at the at Pamplin Park, we did sort of an overnight, but that was was that last year or two? Years? I think it might have been last last May or something because I think it was it was after the pandemic or after when people people started um started really getting back out because before we had that investigation around Christmas time, but there's only like a handful of people that could go, and then everything started closing down after that. So I think I think it was last year that you guys went out there. I wasn't able to make it. But I'll be there I'll be there this year. Yeah, it was uh it's been a mess. Pamplin Park truly needs our help at this point. Um you know, they and I'm sure that virtually all of the historic parks similar to that are in desperate need of help at this point. You know, funding, admissions are way down. Um you know, their primary um, benefactor is cut back on it because of the economy and the market. You know, their their staffing has had to be cut dramatically so they can keep staff. Just you know, and that's that's part of what we got into mm-hmm. this for. I mean, we started doing all these locations for the for the primary factor of being able to help them and you know bring them to the public eye. Um, you know, financially assist them. I, I think we've done a great job. I mean, in Rikers Park, we've donated over $10,000 over the years. Pamplin um, Historic Park, I think we're up to $67,000 that we've donated to them, you know, just by doing these events. And and they truly need it. Now, I realize that, you know, six dollars $7,000 really isn't that much. God, it's got to be more than that. We're probably close to the eight to ten mark. Hey, Kristen, but you know when when you're talking a, a location that has forty thousand dollars a month mm-hmm. in payroll, we're only doing a small drop in the bucket, but it's it's a help, and it gives them a great. You have a wonderful historic location that has great history, really cool stories. Um, you know, four hundred and twenty-four acres of battlefield. Just super cool place. It's a very big, very big location, and it's one of those locations that not many people have been able to investigate or do stuff with. Um, so it's kind of kind of low on the radar. So we're kind of getting getting on the ground floor as far as paranormal investigating. They had um, Portal for Hell came out there, um, which you are a part of, um, and uh, so they got to have some notoriety coming from there. So uh tell me about that experience being on the show. What was what was uh what was it like? 
Well, it's, you know, hey, David. So a lot of people that come to our events are like, man, I, I watch this show and I watch that show. You know, the one thing that they don't understand, they were on site with Portals to Hell for four days. Um, you know, and they investigated two nights to get that episode to air. And, I mean, they had enough activity, as Jack said, he could have done a two-hour episode on it. But you you have to take the time slot that you're given, and on average you have 27 minutes of actual airtime with commercials and, you know, repeat of what you just had happen right before commercial. So you actually get 27 minutes. Allie, hey, love. Um, so... It, it was really cool watching the, the production and how they do it. And, you know, they've got seven or eight guys, you know, guys and ladies that run around to do everything and, and try to get everything set up and move them from area A to B. And, you know, they're back at the uh, base reviewing while they're investigating the next area and so forth. So it was really cool to see how a major network production company does a show like that. I myself am the tech director for uh, Twisted Paranormal Society's uh, Paraflix series, uh, The Twisted Realm, and we don't have the budget that they have on the major networks, so we don't have as many people running around doing this, that, and the other, but we make it work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Dealing with Jack, dealing with Katrina, dealing with production assistance and everything else was pretty damn cool. We had a good time. So when you're doing the, the haunted night, um, like the twisted realm, do you when you look go into a, a a room, what do you look for as far as like setting up cameras? Like what kind of angles are you trying to get? Since you're shooting most everything in night vision, you want to make sure that you don't get a lot of glare back from the IR lights. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure that you can capture as much of the room as possible. Um, a prime example is the back room at the cabin where we captured that orb coming through the back window. I had to make sure that that camera was angled right to catch the majority of that room and not get glare back off of the IR from the windows. Uh, you know, windows and mirrors, shiny surfaces are all a major problem. Um, distraction to a camera they'll tend to focus on that area and then everything else looks distorted so you have to make sure that you aim your cameras right and it's a lot of you know if you have somebody else that can be back at base station looking at the DVR monitor while you're setting up cameras it's a lot of radio time going all right uh, camera right camera right Mm -hmm. not too much camera left and then you can look at that monitor and go, all right, that's a great shot. Yeah, I can remember the setting up the cameras, and you're like, oh, no, to the left, to the right, no, up, up, down, no, no, there we go, perfect. So, yeah, I, I can it, – it is – it's a pain in the butt, but it's also worth it in the end when you get stuff like we got with the uh, orb coming through the window. When you have no yeah, – and you have no doubt that it was coming through a closed window. Yeah, yeah, that was a fantastic capture. And you know, Brandon that's in the uh, chat there is also uh, is one of the investigators with Twisted and, uh, you know, let's see, 
What's this? Dennis is a wizard in DVR cam placements. Uh, I don't know about wizard. Just got to make sure you know which to move the camera. Yeah. Dennis yelling at you on Milwaukee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not your yeah. left. Not camera that. right. Camera right. Not your right. right. Damn it. Yeah. Camera right. Because <laughs> <laughs> you have to keep in mind the person that's looking at it and telling you which way to move it is seeing the camera's view. So you have to literally stand behind the camera if you can yeah. and move it the way that he's saying. But, hey, Jamie, and Ronnie, I'm only a demon in dark places. That's you that's that's going on a T-shirt. I'm only a demon in dark places. I like that. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's a good – Brandon, can we get to work on that uh, new T-shirt idea? I'm only a demon in dark places. There we go. And, hey, Jamie, I'm a demon. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy. I wanted to go back a little bit, like, get in the Wayback Machine here and talk about when, how did you first get into the paranormal? What, uh, what started your interest in, in the, uh, in this field? Yeah, let me fire up the DeLorean and see if we can get yeah. this thing. <laughs> um, get your flux capacitor. Right, right. And Jamie, there you go. There's, there's a first sale, Brandon. Um, so when I was seven years old, my grandfather came to me in my sleep. So I had a brother that was four years older than me, and he slept on bottom bunk. I slept top bunk. My granddaddy was six foot two. And I distinctly remember looking beside my bed, seeing granddaddy looking me eye to eye, uh, telling me goodbye. He loved me, and he would see me later. And I responded with, Oh, okay, Granddaddy. I don't remember you guys coming up. I didn't know you were coming, but I guess mm-hmm. I'll see you in the morning. Good night. I love you. And I rolled over and went went back to sleep. A little while later, Mom came in and turned on the light and told my brother and I that we had to get up and get dressed. Grandmother and Granddaddy lived about two and a half hours away. So, you know, for them to come up and see us or for us to go see them, this was in the mid-70s, so it wasn't like it is today where you can just pop in the car and go. Um, you know, the economy wasn't all that great. My family wasn't doing great. But maybe two to three times a year we'd get to see them. So mom came in and woke us up, told us we had to get up and go. And I asked her, is this because Granddaddy left? I didn't even know they came up. You know, when did they when did they get in? She asked me what I was talking about. I said, Well, Granddaddy was here just a little bit ago, he told me goodbye, he loved me, and he'd see me later. I I didn't even know they came up. And she just had this very peculiar look on her face and said, You just need to get your ass up. Well it turns out that uh, a couple of hours earlier Granddaddy had, had a massive heart attack and passed away. So there was no way he was at my bedside mm-hmm. uh, bedside to tell me goodbye and he loved me. Um, no, Tyler, the Colombian drug lord is you, my friend. You own that title, along with the Colombian janitor. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, I, I mentioned my brother. Uh, so, well, between the two events, somewhere when I was 10 to 12 years old, I had two cousins that were right in my same age range. One was three months older than me, and one's two years older than me. All three of us were thick as thieves. 
I mean, if one was in the principal's office, the other two were usually in the lobby waiting to go in and get RS whipped, um, which was often. And I was usually the dumb one. It was <laughs> usually me getting it. But we had heard somewhere or watched on a show, I, I don't even remember where, but we had heard that if you put a, a safe recorder at the cemetery, you can hear the voices of the dead. They can talk to you. That would be cool as hell. Well, they lived just a couple of blocks away from this big cemetery. So we carried my, we called it a ghetto blaster then. It was a great big stereo. Oh, yeah. Carry on your shoulder, 12 D cell battery. Could jump start a freight liner with this thing. But we carried it off to the cemetery and pressed record and walked away. We captured somebody whistling a tune that we know nobody was around because we're looking at the recorder from you know, 50 or 100 feet, whatever. So we asked their dad, who was a musician, you know, what is this? He said, well, you know, that, that's a song from like the 1940s. Uh, who, who was whistling that? Told him what we had done. Of course, we were told we're not allowed to do that anymore. So, why do you think that is? Like, why um, not going to graveyards or just religious aspect of it? What was it? Reason no, behind we, that? We weren't supposed to be out that way. Oh, oh uh, okay. And Jamie, the fifth that you sent me a messenger looks a lot like the one that I was carrying that day. You need to bring this back. Big, just a big, massive, you know. Uh, but mine had dual tape set. Nice. So I, I had the trim to the trim. Use that but, at the cabin. Old school. Yeah. It, there you go. I mean, I carry a micro cassette recorder in my in my gear case. There's no way that you can manipulate a cassette tape. Mm-hmm. So if I tell you, hey, listen to this audio, it's on a actual cassette tape. It can't be manipulated in any way. It just is what it is. Yeah. But that was my first time ever doing an EVP session. And, of course, at that time, we didn't know. I don't even think 79, maybe. I was maybe 79, 80, somewhere in there. Like I said, I was 10, maybe 12 years old. Um, And then when I was 16, my brother took his own life. And I remember walking up to the corner grocery and I felt my brother's presence with me and I heard his voice tell me, goodbye, brother, I love you and I'll always have your back. And I remember looking all around going, the hell? Where? Okay, I, I know what I just encountered. But I went on up, got my cigarettes, came back to the house, Nine o'clock that night, the local PD beat on the door to let us know that they had found my brother and hung himself. When I had my experience with him, it was right at 12 o'clock. The coroner put his time to death between 11 and 1. So I know exactly what happened. My brother was there. For him to tell me I'll always have your back, that meant so much to me because my brother truly was my bodyguard and my guardian. Um you know, seventh grade, I was a little skinny kid, tall and skinny. Got bullied a fair amount. And one of my bullies, I remember my brother showing up at my junior high. Um, he skipped class from high school, came to my junior high and hid out in the alleyway. 
is he knew that we would leave junior high and walk two blocks up to the little strip mall. And he waited for my bully, and he called cocked my bully. Mm. He told him, don't ever mess with my little brother again, or I'll come back and I'll kick your ass again. I mean, that was just the way my brother was. Um, I got in trouble one time with Dad, and my brother actually got into a fist fight with Dad because Dad pulled a belt to whip my ass with it. And my brother wasn't going to let him do that. That just wasn't what my parents did. They, you know, that was truly the first time I was going to have a belt laid to my backside. So dad and my brother went uh, face to face and fist to fist. So he, he truly was my guardian. You know, for those words of I'll always have your back, that meant a great deal. And I think to this day still, with mm-hmm. a lot of the things that I get into, I think he's there. I think he still protects me from the other side. Did you have a, a special relationship with the grandfather that came to see you? Um, I know you're, you and your brother had a special relationship. Do you, do you know what, why he came to you in particular? And like, has any, and has anybody else come to you from your family? Um, I think granddaddy came to me because I was able to see him. Mm-hmm. Um, so my grandmother could also, my grandmother could also speak to spirit. Um, but I, I think he came to me because he knew I was able to receive the message. Um, as it's been told to me, I have that light that um, shines for them kind of like a beacon. So I, I think spirit knows who can and who cannot um perceive the message, so to speak. Um, and yeah, I have had others come to me. When my father was killed in a car crash, uh, 06, uh, he came to me that night and I was mad as hell. It was a 17 year old kid driving recklessly, crossed the median, dad T-boned him and died on impact. And I was just mad as hell at this kid. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Dad was truly my best friend, and you know, in my mind, this kid, through stupidity, killed my best friend. So when Dad came to me that night, he told me that you know it's not this kid's fault. You have to go to him, and you have to set his mind at ease. He doesn't need to carry this burden with him for life. And we don't even have enough time on this show for me to tell all the oddities of that whole story but the kid's mom went to Bible study in church um, five and six days a week and she related to me that she had heard God's voice tell her that he would take one life and alter many to show that he was still in control because she was questioning him Um, so I think my dad was and now Five years before that, my mom had passed away from cancer. And Dad, as Dad put it to me, so Dad ended up living with us after Mom passed away. And he lived with us up till the day he was killed. Uh, but I sat in his room drinking beers and shooting the shit with him on Sunday night. Monday morning, he was taken. But his words to me were, I've spent more of my life with your mother than without her. And I'm just ready to go home to be with my best friend. 
little did either one of us know it would be the following morning, but I think that was God's way of, A, granting me his wish to take him home to be with his best friend, mm-hmm. and B, helping this young boy understand that you better get your shit together. Life can be gone in a fleeting instant. And that boy was running in circles that he had no business running in, and Mom had been on his case about it. So I think it was... I think it was a combination of everything. You know, I believe in predestined. Now, if you step out in front of a bus tomorrow and get splattered by it, I don't think it's because you were just stupid at that moment. I think it was things were in motion that you had no control over. And I think it was our great creator far in advance of that moment having a plan. Mm-hmm. So, and I think Dad's death was part of Great Creator's plan. Do I understand it? No. Do I accept it? I really don't have much option. <laughs> but yeah, so that that's a few of the instances that I've had where, you know, I, I can't deny the ability of spirit to come and talk to me. When did you like first realize that? Hey, you know, these people are coming to talk to me. I want to help them uh, with whatever problems they have. Uh, That's kind of a tricky question because there was quite a while I knew what I didn't want to accept because that was a burden that I didn't feel I was qualified to help with. Um, You know, when spirit comes to you and tells you or has a message for a loved one, that message is now on you to be able to, to relay to them. Yeah. And one of the best things that I, anybody that comes to me and says, hey, what do you, you know, I, I'm starting to hear voices and they're telling me things. One of the best things I think I can tell them is never try to understand it. Never try to interpret it. It's not your message. It's not open to interpretation. It's up for you to pass it on as it was given to you. Um, you know, I, I did a reading for a young lady in Canada, and one of her questions during this was, did he like the gift the kids gave him? Well, if I tried to interpret what I got, I would have flipped this all off. But all I heard all with this young man laughing and going, there's so much candy, there's so much candy. It doesn't make shit sense to me at all. Mm-hmm. But I told her exactly what I got. And it turns out that all three of their children had put a bag of Werther's Originals in this casket with it. That was his favorite candy. So, you know, for me to, for me to take message from spirit, pass it to the living, that's that's the only thing I can do. I take what I'm given and give it to you as it's given to me. Um, and I, when I finally decided that, all right, I'm going to stop blocking this. I'm going to stop ignoring it. Probably 10, 12 years ago. Um, you know, I had done a few things here and there. And I mean, when the spirit's going, you have to do this. It's kind of a mandatory thing because they won't leave you the hell alone. But it was probably 10, 12 years ago that I actually decided, all right, fine. This is what I'm blessed with. This is the ability that I have. I'm going to do it. 
and I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. That's where I've been for the past decade or better. Um, you know, you got an opportunity with Bell, uh, uh, Bell, Bell Nemus Plantation to see what a remote view sounds like and how that works. Um, you know, that was that was certainly not the first remote view that I had done. But yeah, how did that start? What what when did you realize that I can not only the spirits are not only coming to me, but I actually I can actually uh, a place I've never been to before. That one was kind of weird because when it, the first time it happened to me, I'm like, what the hell? No, I, I didn't trust anything. Mm-hmm. So I kind of kept it to myself, and that was that was a couple of years at least before Bell Nemus when I did that with you guys. Um, so Lyle and Sana I had interviewed. You mentioned in the uh, splash for this show that I had done full spectrum radio for a few years. Well, yeah. I spent nearly six years doing full spectrum radio, and I had interviewed Lyle and Sana probably two or three times. Now, I finally got to meet them down at the Foxwood Inn. Um, could just shoot the shit. Lyle says, well, listen, we've got an uh, investigation coming up in a couple of weeks. I just put my hand up and I started rattling off all these things that I'm seeing and hearing. Um, you know, kind of like I did with you and Howie with Belnima's Plantation. I kind of had one of the spirits there that guided me through the house for a little ways. Um so both of them were kind of blown away. They're like, I, I've never actually encountered somebody that can do that before. But I told them what spirits were where, what they would encounter, and what's been happening in the house and everything else. So, you know, it, it, it's kind of cool, but at the same time, you constantly, even though I, I coach and I tell people, don't second-guess yourself. Just mm-hmm. take what spirit and what the universe gives you and spill it out there. You're always still going to second guess yourself. You know, I I describe to them. I see children playing under the front porch, and I'm looking out through all these little holes. That didn't make ships better sense to me, but I had to share it. Well, as it turned out, when you get there, this is one of the houses where you come up right and left to a central landing in front of the front door. But between those steps is kind of a big triangular space, and the way they did the block work left all these little triangles in the middle. And the children would go up under there and look out into the yard and hmm. play hide and seek. So, again, it's one of those where the spirit gives me a message and it doesn't make sense to me. It's not mine to decipher. It's just mine to share. Yeah, I had so, I had a lady call me. You remember this? I had a lady call me. lived lived in uh, North Dakota. And yep. she she was like, no, well, it was a friend who called me and said, my friend over here, she's got problems, spirits in her house. And I guess she had seen uh, that I, I just started my radio show. I guess she had seen, like, me talking about the show or whatever. And she's like, do you know anybody who could help? I'm like, well, I don't know anybody who lives in North Dakota. But I went and talked to you. I'm like, well, this girl has got problems. Can you talk to her? And so you're like, yeah. So I came over. um, it was a Friday night. We sat her on the fire pit, and she called, and you put her on speakerphone, and you pretty much just told her about her entire house. 
And uh, and she was flabbergasted by it so much that her friend messaged me a few days later, and she was like, seriously, how does your friend know all this stuff about my friend's house? She's a little freaked out. I'm like, I don't know, because you were spot on at everything. And you're, in, you're sitting in Virginia, and you're describing a house in North Dakota. It's uh, absolutely, absolutely amazing. I remember that, and if I remember, it took her a few months to get back to you and go, how the hell did he do that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she said she was so freaked out, she she couldn't, she could not message me herself. I don't know if she thought we had, like, um, cameras in her house somehow. I don't know what she was thinking. Yeah, I, I think that one was funny as hell. But, you know, lo and behold, it made her autistic son feel so much mm-hmm. more comfortable in the home because – what he was experiencing, I was able to describe and, and give him some peace on. So, you know, and I think that's why I put myself out there like I do is because for every five or ten that want to talk shit about me, there's that one or two that I actually get to help. Mm-hmm. And that's why I do this. I mean, you know, I, I didn't get into the paranormal just for thrill-seeking. I didn't get into it for any other reason, honestly, than to find out what's on the other side. As I've said a thousand times, when this meat suit dies, where do I go? Where does the spirit, the energy, the essence that is me, where do I go? And along the way, I found that I could truly help people with this. You know, I can go into their home and I can help them understand what's happening in their home. And I can help the spirits on that side understand what's happening. And, you know, Ryan, thank you so much for the salute there, brother. I appreciate it. I'm glad I could help. But, you know, the the whole reason that I decided to put myself out in the public eye like I do is simply because I wanted to be able to help people. And I can't do that if I keep this to myself. So it's, it, it's a blessing and a curse because it does draw a lot of negativism towards me. Uh, people going, oh, he's full of shit, he's bullshit, he doesn't have any gifts, he doesn't have any talent, whatever. That's fine. You can talk shit about me all you want. The people that I have helped and the people that I will help in the future speak so much louder than those people. Well, in fact, you had a random lady from North Dakota who has never met you. I mean, it's not like, you know, it's it's not like, is anybody around here that you might have talked to before, you know, you can't get, you can't get much of a, a better, like, I guess, reputation than that. People are coming out, come, coming to you from around the country to, for help. Even out of the country because the young lady that was in Canada. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, that too. There you go. But I'm going to jump back into the chat here. Kristen wants to know what's the most haunted location I've ever been to other than the cabin on 360. Um, And there are so many many places that this location on on Tuesday might just be an absolute off the charts active location. But on Wednesday when I was there, it didn't do shit. So I'm going to answer it this way. 
what's the location other than the Cabin Home 360 where I have experienced the most activity. And I'm going to have to go with St. Albans Sanatorium in Radford, Virginia. Um, I, I had a truly moving experience there that the more I thought about it, it literally moved me to tears. Brandon was sitting on the couch with me when this happened. I had asked Spirit to knock on the wall once for yes and twice for no. And I got knocks that were loud enough you could not mistake them as building creaking or settling or anything. But I I laid it out on the line. I put my soul on the line and I said, you know, my brother took his own life when I was 16. All the guilt, the anger, the, the whatever emotions that he had at that time that put him over that line, does he have to carry that on that side? And I got a loud, definitive, single knock telling me, no, he doesn't have to carry that. Mm-hmm. And I asked again, so he is free and clear of all of that. And I got a loud knock, knock. Yes, he's clear of all of that. And that was, it was one of the most moving things. And as Brandon calls it, a once in a lifetime experience we had there. And it, it truly was. It was, it was to the point it brought me to tears because it was personal. I wasn't asking them, how did you die? When did you die? How long have you been here? I went personal and I asked them about me, my life, my loved ones. And it must have resonated with them to the point that that spirit felt that. And, you know, a lot of times when you get a knock at this tiny little, uh, wait, yeah. did you hear that? Was, was that? No, this was a, like, oh, yeah, that was not a that was not a mistake. That was a true definitive response. So yeah, St. Albans has definitely gotta be the most active location that I've encountered. I've investigated there probably thirty, forty times. Um, or more. Hell I don't even know anymore. Now, I was gonna ask you what your favorite piece of evidence is, but you know, obviously that's the answer to that question right there. But um do you have like a top three pieces of like evidence that she's captured, like EVPs or or something that really blows your mind? I do, um, and I have a SoundCloud um, that I've uploaded half a dozen pieces to. I don't brag about them because I don't like to. Uh, oh well, that just that was fake, or that's that kiss my ass. I don't need to fake anything. I've got. I mean, look, right here, there's a four gig hard drive or four terabyte hard drive that is just loaded with files, four terabytes of files on it. I'll hand it to anybody. You can go through and go to your heart's content. But we were doing a private event, private investigation at Henrikus Historical Park. And, you know, I, I would have to say it's it's a very close second right behind St. Albans Sanatorium. But Henrikus Historical Park, there were five of us on the entire property. And me and a young lady named Sandra, or Sandy, had gone into Rock Hall. And you hear me telling Reverend Whitaker that I'm going to take his Bible and I'm going to 
steal his Bible to go read from it in the church. And you tell her, or you hear her tell him, if you don't like that, get up in his face and tell him what you think about him holding and touching your Bible. And then you hear a voice that goes, do it, fucker. I don't know what your rating is for your show, but cat's out of the bag. Dennis dropped enough bomb. Oh, shit. <laughs> I, you, you know, you know it's, it, it, you know, people cuss on the ship. It's all yeah. good. But right after that, you hear Sandy cough, and then there's, she says, that was me. And then you hear this, <clears throat> and then singing starts. And it's a good full, I think like two minutes of singing. What? Um, so John Pagano, who's I think the historical director out there, or one of the uh, historic interpreters out there, uh, I'm not sure of his actual title, very sweet friend of ours. Uh, when I played it back for him, he's like, man, they're singing Negro spirituals. And you can hear the words in it, but we can't track that song. We can't find it anywhere. And then it changes. And you hear a completely different voice singing a lullaby. And Sandy and I didn't hear a single thing. I mean, that was just one of those just ultimately cool pieces of audio that I think is just phenomenal. It's creepy. It, it's, yeah. it's one of those where you just go, man, that is that is beautiful. But it's obviously a residual because it wasn't direct response to anything that we had said. Uh, you know, so it's just the energy there for whatever reason being released right back to us. And if you if you buy into the stone tape theory, then there you go. That's why I did it. There's another piece from there that I absolutely love it. It's something like Rock Hall Start One, I think is what I have it named on uh, SoundCloud. But it was myself and two other investigators there at uh, 1.30 in the morning. We're in Rock Hall. And Graham, the other investigator with me, asked me, well, why do you want to split us up? And my response to him was, well, the first one that hits anything, that's where we congregate. And you hear this voice that sounds like it's right beside the recorder. It was just cool as hell. It's like, that is an intelligent voice. Mm -hmm. That is an intelligent voice that is screwing with us. It was was off the chart. Um, And then the other boy that was with us was Graham's like nephew or something. And he keeps clicking a flashlight, so you just keep hearing. And I'm like, stop, man. He's like, can I keep this flashlight? I was going to leave him alone. And I'm like, no. He goes, I can't keep this. I'm like, no. And then you hear that same voice go, yeah. <laughs> and then I took the flashlight away, and I said, here, hold a glow stick. <laughs> Which, I mean, I absolutely love glow sticks. Mm -hmm. They're phenomenal. Um, You know, a couple of weeks ago, I went out to Missouri State Penitentiary with the Haunted Nights Events Group. And I'm in housing unit for four tiers of jail cell. And we can't get on the second or above. They had a roof ripped off, uh, what, three years ago from a tornado. So I cracked a half a dozen glow sticks and threw them up onto that uh, second tier 
Islands move in and out of that light just from the glow sticks. Yeah, we used to use the glow sticks in the woods, in the cabin, um, you know, just to use them for to to mark the path. But obviously, you know, we know where we're going now. So more it's now it's more just to see if we can spot moving in the woods. Shadows, movement. Mm-hmm. I mean, typical glow stick isn't bright enough to light your path so you can see around a place. Some of them have very good output, but you have to spend a small fortune on those. But, yeah, I, I just, I'm a huge fan of glow sticks simply because they are, well, one, spirit's not going to draw the energy from it and leave my happiness in the dark. I can have a little bit of light from that glow stick anyway. Yeah. Um, no, they're they're not going to kill that chemical reaction, so that's one benefit of it. Another is you you can use them, you know, just pitch it across the room and use it to watch in between you and it. That's a decent source of light. And if you leave it behind, it's it's you know not a fifteen, twenty, thirty, fifty dollar flashlight. It's a dollar or two. Yeah, that's true. Do you have any like any particular location that you'd want that you want to investigate that you haven't been able to get to yet? That's kind of like a bucket list type of place. Well, I, I will tell you my number one bucket list location, and I will probably never get there. Um, I, I've tried to remote view it, and in doing that. It, it made me want to get there that much more. And I think when I'm on that side, I'll definitely go there. But it's Povelia Island in mm-hmm. Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Povelia Island was a uh, basically a death camp. Um, when the plague came about, they would the plague doctor would pick you up from the mainland and take you across to Povelia Island. And the thousands died there. It's reported that the island grew 30% in land mass from the ashes of all the dead that were cremated on the island. Any place that has that much dark history, I would love to go to and see what I pick up and see if there are spirits there that I can help. Do you ever get scared, I guess, of bringing like bringing stuff home. When you go on an investigation, do you say a prayer in your truck? Do you? How do you protect yourself? Because you seem like you're taking on taking on a lot. Um, do you? Are you always are you always protected, or is it something you do before an investigation? I try to keep my shield up to the best of my ability, or pending the location. Um, and you know, any any dog owner understands when your energy isn't right, your dogs will respond to that. Mm-hmm. And I have two 65-pound pit bulls that will definitely let me know if something comes home with me. Because they're all happy, tails wagging, and dancing when Dad comes home unless Dad has something with him that he shouldn't. And in which case, they will go to the other side of the room and turn their back to me and lay down. And then I know I need to go back outside. I need to do a cleansing and blessing, and I need to ground myself and get rid of whatever came with me. Um, but 
generally I will to whatever is going to happen, let it happen because I'm there to experience it. I'm there to learn what spirit can do. And if I fully shield myself and I, it's like, you know, how am I going to understand what it feels like to have the wind rushing through my hair on a motorcycle if I never get on a motorcycle? If I never experience it, if I don't allow myself to experience it, mm-hmm. I'm not going to. And I think if you don't allow yourself to experience fully what you're doing in this field, you're cheating yourself. Now, that doesn't mean that at the end of the night, I don't turn and look over my shoulder and tell them, this is your home. I am going to my home and you are not allowed to go with me. You have to stay here because I do that at every location. Every single time that we go to the cabin on 360, I tell the spirits that are there, you have to stay here. You can't leave with me. Um, is that a fail-safe? No, nothing's a fail-safe. That's like telling a burglar he can't come in your house. He's going to do what he wants to do. But you can certainly hope and pray for the best. Now, when you do have stuff attached coming home with you, do you feel it, or is it more of those things where it's like you don't know it's something, but if another medium looked at you and saw it, saw you, they would see it? huge amount of self-awareness being a medium for for spirit to inject their energy into my energy is very difficult. So nine out of ten I am going to know. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are still able to do it and they have proven it. I mean, that's the war heart that I picked up out in Henricus. You were there to witness that. That was a train wreck just looking for a place to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was the engineering. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. it, it still can happen very hard for them to do because I, I keep a constant focus on my energy. Now, when I get tired, when I'm overwhelmed, mm-hmm. when the location itself was, you know, the cabin this weekend, we had 60 people running around between guests and staff. And our friends and investigators and guests. It would have been very easy for me to get my ass kicked this weekend by spirit. So I had to take time. When everybody else left, I took a knee. Mm-hmm. And I grounded myself and I told the spirits that are there, you can't leave with me. This is your home. I'm going to mine. Yeah, it, it was a definitely overwhelming with the amount of people that were there. Um but yeah, I can see with all the energy that was there, trying to you trying to go from one place to another. It went very smoothly for the amount of people we had out there, I think. And um, you know, there's always an opportunity for things to go awry, but you know, we take care we take care of business, so to speak, and I think everyone has a good time and you know, things go go off without a hitch. For the most part. Yeah, I, I think it went great. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm thankful as hell to Courtney for taking yeah. the the opportunity to step up and yeah, she set up groups and rotation and all of that. That was a huge help. So Courtney, kudos, you rocked it. Yeah, she messaged me like right when we started when I when I 
put out that were, that were doing the investigation, and she was like, why don't you send me a list of the people so we can get the uh, the groups put together. So I sent her a list on, I guess, and uh, she definitely hit the ball out of the park. Um, we're getting close to the end of the show here, and I just want to give you an opportunity to, to talk about what you guys, what we have coming up here in the near future, and um, promote yourself. Well, I'm easy to find, just Dennis Eslock on Facebook. There's a, um, I guess you call it a fans page. I hardly ever interact with it. Just hit Dennis Eslock, the profile. Um, You can catch me there. Um, For the Haunted Nights event, we've got a few of them coming up. Jump over to uh, Haunted Nights events Facebook page. Obviously, we've also got the Twisted Realm and the new series that we're working on, which is Hometown Haunts, both of which are on the Paraflix Network. Go check them out. I'll be a a huge part of all of that. Um, Who knows, if you join us on one of the Haunted Nights events, maybe I'll be your guide for the next area, next location that we hit up. There we go. Always uh, jump on, find our group page, Ryan is my co-founder with Commonwealth Researchers of the Paranormal. Find that Facebook page, see where we're investigating. You mentioned earlier we've got November 19 coming up for our pamphlet historical park. It's a fundraiser event for the park. Uh, fantastic place. Other than that, I really don't have much more to plug, brother. We've got, uh, we're placing flags at Ever- Everdeen, Woodland Cemetery on November 5th. Veterans Day, which is on a Friday, so we're going to try to do it the week before, like on the, the gravestones on that Friday. Um, and then, I guess, December 10th, I think we've got our our toy drive, uh, paranormal investigation at the cabin on 360. So that's pretty much all we have coming up this rest of the year for crop and um, everything else. So, But, man, I'll thank you so much for coming on and talking with me, hanging out. This was fun. I think we could definitely do another show talk about other things like I want to you know pick your brain some more um but we'll definitely schedule schedule you to come on on a different day here in the future I definitely appreciate you man thank you uh, it was my pleasure thank you for having me on brother I enjoyed it ladies and gentlemen thanks for tuning in and checking out my radio network and freaking awesome paranormal show I have a blessed week all right thanks guys have a good night